Hello, hello, and welcome to Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Taylor and Mark, back at you. We are both wearing apparel, if you're listening and not watching, of our true loves today. I have my Blink-182 sweatshirt on, which Mark always gives me a hard time when I wear Blink-182 merch. But I equally give him a hard time when he wears jazz merch, because I'm convinced that he doesn't own any other hats, shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, like this man could could just be wearing jazz all the time with jazz in the background and I really let me just say I don't think that I ever understood your love of the jazz and where it came from you're from Pennsylvania then you lived in DC correct yep and then you lived here went to college in Wisconsin went to college in Wisconsin (laughs) so the jazz feels very um like maybe you just picked a team because you liked their look I don't know I don't know it was not that at all. Um, I won't bore you with like 20 minutes of the story, Hal. But okay. essentially, Thank I'll you. boil it down to the idea that I loved the way they always played hard. And I always kind of cheered for them. Uh-huh. They made the finals against Michael Jordan, who I didn't like. And I cheered for them in those finals where they, where they lost. Um, and then essentially, I always cheered for them. I love the way they played. They never had superstars. Then their two best players retired. They're supposed to be the worst team in history. And I'm just like, I liked them before. I liked the way they played. And that year, they're supposed to win no more than nine games, and they went forty-one and forty-one. So eighth grade is when I started loving them because I just love the way they played. It's one Aww. of the biggest Cinderella underdog stories, and I just love them ever more since then. So I can go into way more detail over drinks, but for now, I'll keep it at that. I have okay, a real I, reason that I actually really do like that, and we do need to go on another double date and talk about and, Vanderpump and your love of and, the Jazz because Blake probably has some stories that his team loves too, and Kira and I can just talk about crappy reality television. Um, before Sounds we start, right. I got to give Mark a shout out. You probably can't tell on this video, but Mark has been on a fitness journey and he has given up drinking alcohol, eating fast food. And Mark, you're looking thin. Like if a gust of wind comes with these storms later this <laughs> afternoon, you might blow away you and Sloan. I mean, I don't know how she hangs onto the ground either, but I am really impressed. You look great. Well, thank you. I, I wouldn't say fitness journey, I think, because uh, I haven't really worked out. <laughs> I just have eaten better and stopped drinking, essentially. Um, yeah, me and Slater are both four That's pounds pretty- now, so we're, we're about equal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, well, I, You're I appreciate away it. in the wind. Uh, I've had a couple, you know, this- I, I, you know, I gave up alcohol for about a month and a half and fast food. And then, you know, we had our draft this past weekend, so I went back and I got to I gotta now get back on the straight and narrow. But I, I, I'm excited. Um, I've kind of, yeah, let myself go a little bit more than I wanted to for about a year or two, but <laughs> I feel good. I will say this one thing though. People say when you give up alcohol, you feel better. I didn't experience that. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think I that I your relationship with beer is one that you always feel better when you've got a cold beer. But I know, and I think it's like, I, I'm, I not get, I'm not getting drunk a lot. Like, you know, I just have like one or two beers to watch a game and it's like, I don't feel better not having it. I feel like everyone's like, oh, you'll feel a lot better. Like, I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I don't feel worse, but it's like, I feel better because yeah. I'm thinner. But outside of that, it doesn't make me feel any better. No, I mean, I think that the best part of my day is my evening rosé and watching, you know, crappy reality television with Blake and drinking my rosé. I think that's the best part of my day. So, you know, fitness journey or not, I don't believe in restrictive things. If someone tells me don't have your rosé for a month, I'm going to say you can exit i i'm gonna always have my vanderpump rosé while i watch vanderpump at night this literally has consumed my entire life mark and i have a problem (laughs) it's so exciting and and the cool thing too is right now there's no sports that matter right like the baseball playoffs haven't happened yet like this is dead season nba is over football hasn't started so it's a really good time to 
give up drinking because I'm like, I would have a beer or two yeah. when I'm watching football on, on Thursday night or Saturday or Sunday or the MLB okay. playoffs or the NBA season. So it's like, I, I didn't have anything to do. And I'm like, this is a great time to just give up drinking. I don't need to drink. You know, it's not like it matters. I just, it's nice to have a beer or two of that, but it adds up. If you have two beers, six nights a week, it doesn't feel like that much, but then it's like, oh, well, that's 12 beers a week. And as you know, beer has a lot of calories. A lot of calories and a lot of sugar. Well, also, August yep. is a good time to do that, too, because there are no holidays in August. So, you know, every other month has some type of holiday, and I feel like with the holiday, you get a festive cocktail. At least that's how I operate. And oh. I don't know what the Labor Day festive cocktail is. I guess that would just be beer out <laughs> on the lake. But everyone, you do festive cocktails at holidays, and August is the one month without a festive holiday, no cocktails. So... I think that August would be a good month if you want to stay on your streak. It would be a good month to do it too, and then you'll be down to two pounds. So this is this is but Mark's I, journey, not actually fitness, just just give omission diets, just being a normal person. Don't forget though, we're going to Chicago at the end of the month, so that's tough, and that's Ooh. in August, and we're going to a Cubs game. So so actually, and really cool. I won't go into this, but we're as a staff, we're going to the Cubs Brewers game which is going yeah. to be one of the biggest games of the whole season. You know, it's going to be the end of August. Mm -hmm. We've got a, a couple weeks left of regular season baseball. And the Cubs, Brewers, and and, and um, Reds are all fighting out for a playoff spot. And potentially two playoff spots. There's a wild card spot also that one of them has right now. So it's going to be a really cool game. But, yeah, I'm going to drink for that. So I can't yeah, get a baseball game and not drink. It feels weird. No, yeah. you can't. Mm -hmm. I might even buy a Cubs hat. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Dansby girl, so I might even buy a Cubs hat to support my guy Dansby. Um, let's get into talking about our topics today. First topic up for the day is about the Tennessee Senate race. So, um, Mark can talk about this more because he pays more attention to elections than I ever do, but someone who is currently holding a state office and has received a lot of notoriety this year has considered throwing her hat in the ring for the Senate seat. Mark, what's going on? Yeah, so this is going to be probably a bigger national story uh, if she decides to go. But Gloria Johnson, who was, um, you know, she, like you said, she got a lot of press over the past year because she was the the member of the the you know Tennessee three who was not expelled. Um, so she is from Knoxville. Yep, uh, she's currently in the state legislature, and she's formed an exploratory committee to potentially run against Marsha Blackburn, who's our sitting senator. Um, okay, and already in that race, which is an interesting thing, but people haven't really talked about that. Marquita Bradshaw, who was the nominee. Um, yeah. for Senate against Bill Haggerty is going to run again. So it's an interesting Ow. thing. So I, I, you know, I think Gloria Johnson's kind of getting her. She has a lot of, I guess, grassroots support on the left. So I think she's mm -hmm. trying to figure out. And, and I think, you know, based on what we've seen, she'll probably raise a lot of money for this. Um, so she's decided whether she can get it or not. I, I would urge everyone, because I feel like I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter and stuff saying, oh, you know, on the left, people say, oh, yeah, we're, we're excited for Gloria Johnson to run against uh, Marsha Blackburn and stuff like that. I would be very hesitant to say that's definitely going to happen because Marquita Bradshaw has run statewide before. She she's from the Memphis area, did really well in the primary in Memphis. So I, I, I always say that about a politics, no matter where you stand or anything like that. It's like, do not, a lot of times the person is like, oh, they're definitely going to be the nominee, the anointed nominee. Mean, it doesn't end up being that. So it will be interesting. Um, and Marsha Blackburn, you know, if you got to look at the numbers and everything, she's a pretty strong candidate. She won by double digits against Phil Bredesen, who is, you know, looking at that, probably the strongest candidate the Democrats have had statewide uh -huh. in a while, just based right. on the idea, you know, he, people people generally like him as a person. He was a former governor. You know, he, even Republicans would say pretty successful. So Correct. I'm not sure how it's going to go. It'll be interesting to see. We will hopefully, I think if 
you know, we have to wait for for people to officially get in, but we'll hopefully be able to poll it in our October poll. Uh, but it'll be, be really so interesting exciting. to see. I know, and we we did we did the presidential poll. We we will be doing the presidential race again too to see if things have changed on that. So we're okay. kind of looking forward to our poll, but um, <clears throat> because Tennessee's kind of you know it's very red. There's not many no. national publications that are interested in our state races because it's kind of an assumption. Sure. But I do think that for better or for worse, you know, I do think that Glory Johnson will bring more national media text that just because of what happened with, you know, the the while they were, you know, they got kicked off the floor and, you know, two of them yeah. got injected for the gun control stuff. I mean, I you know, she was on Good Morning America. She's gotten a lot of national press. And so I think that the spotlight will be on her for any number of reasons. But um, I'm excited to see it because I just love I I've gotten it. Mark, you've made me love competitive elections. I used to be like, whatever, what's going to happen is going to happen. I'm going to vote. I can't control anything. And it wasn't like entertaining to me, like watching sports is, I, you know, you wake up the next morning and yeah. whoever wins, it's like, whatever you have rubbed off on me and have made me really look at a lot of specifically like demographics of how people vote. That has become yep. like an interesting thing to me since becoming friends with you and working with you for so long. So that's what I'm most excited to see is if Marquita Bradshaw runs, if Gloria Johnson runs, Marsha Blackburn back in the race, how will people vote? Because the female voting block is so big that um, seeing how the breakdown of how women vote, if there are multiple women in the race, that is what's going to be most interesting to me. So um, I I would be very, very excited to see the the breakdown of that. I feel like I'm like back in college in like an elections class sometimes when I talk to you and we're like looking at cross tabs and stuff. I think it's so interesting. I, I think it's cool too because I mean, Beacon, of course, Beacon is going to get involved in elections. We don't endorse anybody, but it's, it's interesting to see how people vote, where they vote, you know, what issues are. are okay. and that's why kind of exit polls are really cool too because you yeah. don't just see, oh, they voted for them. They're like, oh, their number one issue is this. And you know, we're in the policy space. So like, oh, their number one issue is healthcare or it's, you know, it, it's taxes or whatever. And that's great for us to know. You know, I don't, I don't, there'll be an exit poll on this, but I really, I think that I'm going against the grain when I said, I expect if Gloria Johnson were to get in a very competitive primary, which I don't think a lot of people are thinking in the Democratic side, because I think that truthfully, you know, just from looking at it based on the state, right? Like Marquita Bradshaw is a stronger candidate, you know, name, name ID wise than people think. So, It'll be interesting. Don't know about the general. You know, again, Marshall Blackburn is, is fairly popular. It's a pretty Republican state. Um, but it's just interesting. And, you know, I think that no matter where you stand on anything, competitive elections in terms of having people run from both sides are a good thing. I mean, you, you see some of these, especially in big cities, you see some of these city council rates or stuff where people are unopposed. And generally, that's mm -hmm. just not a good thing for democracy when you kind of have one, you know, one party and the other party's not even trying to run somebody, even if it's it's a long shot, you know, in Nashville. You know, you might have been not like it's not likely Republican will ever win, but it's just I, no matter what competitive elections I mean, and when you have two people running for a seat, it at least makes people discuss ideas. And that's yes. one thing we really care about is ideas. Yeah. Civics and engagement and discussion over ideas, um, I think, is is really healthy. And, you know, high voter turnout. I've I grew up in a very small town in Alabama and there were many mm -hmm. seats that would go uncontested and people the turnout would just be so low, especially when I started working for a political party and you would see all the numbers coming in and the numbers year over year of turnout going down and down and down and down. Anytime we can have an election where we get high voter turnout, I think it's just a really good sign for the direction of our country. So I think that's really cool. 
as long as it's informed high voter turnout. That is one thing I will always yes, believe in. I, this I, whole I, idea. I, I, I have a whole issue with this. Like, personally, like, I hate when people are like, oh, we want 100% voter turnout. It's like, I want 100% voter turnout as long as people know what they're voting on. I don't I, care yeah. how they're voting. I just <laughs> want people to understand it's not like, oh, I'm going to pull this lever. And, you know, both sides, you have these people like, I'm just going to pull this lever because somebody told me to or this mm-hmm. is what I am. So I think informed voter turnout is great. Yes, that's a caveat that is in my head, but I did not express it. But yes, we love informed voter turnout. We love everyone. I mean, you know, we work for a think tank. We want everybody to be informed, as informed about us all the time. That's not reality, but especially when it comes to election season, (laughs) we really love that. That is our job to make sure that they, that people are informed. And so that's what we want. (laughs) And make sure you Um, listen to Beacon because we'll inform you about every policy too. And that's one of, that's, that is literally our jobs. I mean, as comms and marketing, it's like, we want to make sure you're informed about policy. You may not always agree with us, but it's important that you're informed and that you see where we're coming from. And again, if you don't agree, great. At least you understand the issue and where, and and where the agree, other side comes from. Yeah. If you don't agree, tell us. We'll talk to you about it. Yep. We'll talk to anybody yep. about anything, anytime. We're happy to do it. Um, let's switch gears dramatically uh, to a word that I never thought I would say again on this podcast. COVID is <laughs> resurging and... I didn't want to acknowledge it because I was down real bad in January. I was so sick and I was like, I don't ever want to talk about COVID again. I don't ever want to see it again. Um, But apparently cases are up again. And I don't know. I am an introvert with a big old mouth and a big old personality, but still an introvert. I don't want to be locked in my house again, though. I don't want businesses to shut down again, though. And I certainly do not want the acne on my face of wearing a mask again. Mark, what are the details about this COVID resurgence? And please tell me that you agree that we cannot do another lockdown. Simply can't handle it. I do agree. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So basically what's happening is I just th- there's a new strain, I guess, in New York specific. I think like COVID cases are 55 percent. Um, I never know. I feel like, you know, so much of the media on this has been so exaggerated in a lot of ways uh-huh. again. I think we all agree COVID's real. You know, COVID has killed people and it, it's awful. You know, it, it killed a specific group of people for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. elderly, right. very obese people with, with pre-existing conditions. Um, yeah, but immunocompromised, there is a new one, and, sure. And that is one of the biggest issues that we talk about. It's important is I hope that we have learned from the mistakes of what happened with COVID last time. You know, I think it turned out that you know, the shutting down the businesses was clearly the wrong choice. There was, there's no even discussion about that. And kind of looking at a country like Sweden, how it ended up in this great position in Europe for not shutting anything down. Basically, the deaths were mm-hmm. almost exactly the same, if not less, and they didn't shut down their economy. And again, when we say shut down the economy, we don't mean, oh, you can't go get your fast food. What we mean is business owners who had to go under and close their business and, and their livelihoods are ruined because of arbitrary government restrictions that made no sense. Mm-hmm. Made um, no sense. I think that, you know, as, as we said, a lot of the people who shut things down were on the left, a lot of Democrats. I think that some of them probably have learned from that because of the, you know, the harsh backlash they got. And looking back now, it's it's easier than ever to see like, oh, this was a bad decision. We should not shut these down. Okay. It didn't really stop anything. Um, I think you have different opinions about the mask mandates. It, it doesn't appear that if it worked, it, it worked barely and probably not worth everything that that was okay. asked to do. Um and also out, out on top of that, you know, we've talked about this, whether or not, you know, the vaccine, you can feel whatever way you want about it. I mean, I think me and you are both vaccinated against it. However, yeah. the government's forcing private businesses Ugh. to do that was never acceptable. And it's not the role of government. It's like, not okay. so the idea is that hopefully 
things have been learned. Hopefully they understand where where they went wrong in the past. And hopefully this is not a big thing at all, right? Because the media the media exaggerates everything. Hopefully it's just a yes. small resurgence of something that's not even a big deal, that's not a bad. You know, I think that uh, Kira's mom probably has it right now and she's kind of feeling right, right. down in in um in Texas, but it's things like this are going to happen the throughout issue history. Is... They have happened throughout history, you know, whether it's, you know, different diseases, plagues, whatever. This is going to continue to happen. The key is we need to know how to deal with it and we need to learn from our mistakes. And that is the big issue there is that there was a lot of mistakes made last time. Um, and we can see very clearly now how bad the mistakes were. And, you know, whether it's even, you know, the government talking to Facebook and Twitter and making them censor different oh, stories or asking them to censor different I stories know. because they don't want the truth because they just don't know what the truth is. It's let's have open conversation you know, and, and, you know, we can talk there, of course, was conspiracy theories on the right. There's also conspiracy theories on the left about all this, all the damage COVID does and all like, it, 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 you know, this whole idea. So many of the things that we thought were true were not right. Like COVID can't spread on surfaces. That was a whole thing. And, you know, I will. Dude, I was like washing my cucumbers with like, with like food, antibacterial food wash every time I brought a cucumber home from the grocery store because they told us it was. And now I feel I like silly about it. And, you know, and this is, you know, not only is a partisan, you know, thing to say, but a I, I, anything that Anthony Fauci says, I would just definitely not trust. I think that he has proven time and again, you know, now that he is not a trustworthy source of anything and that mm -hmm. everything he says is basically for some other agenda. Uh, maybe I'm sure some stuff he says is true, but it clearly is not about keeping people safe. It's, it's about making, you know, somebody happy or, or making a political party happy. So uh, just, let's just learn. Let's learn from our mistakes. And, you know, I'm not somebody who. I'm not somebody who really comes down on people like that, but uh, Anthony Fauci has proven to be a completely unreliable source in this. So using him as the one and only, you know, expert on this, let's not do that again. <laughs> I just think once a sickness is out in the world, you can't put it back in the can. So every year we get our flu shots and around flu season, we wash our hands more. I think that COVID is going to be the same way and it should be treated as such. The world doesn't shut down every time it's flu season around, I guess it's like October-ish is flu season. We just get our flu shots, or at least I do. I always have, and move Not on me. with our lives and wash our hands. I know you don't get flu shots, and that's fine. No. That's a choice that I've made for myself. But I don't yeah. stop going in public. I don't demand that places be shut down, and I don't get unnecessarily scared. I just move on with my life and wash my hands more often, and my hands get like cracky and dry or whatever. So I think that COVID should be treated the same way because it it we can't put it back in the can. It's going to exist, and we just have to live knowing that and just be clean <laughs> be clean <laughs> and we and we believe in individual freedom so guess what you can stay in the house totally. nobody's asking you to come outside you can quit your job nobody cares just stop asking other people to shut down their okay. businesses ruin their livelihoods ruin their lives not being able to travel do whatever because you're uncomfortable if you're uncomfortable don't do anything it's a super simple concept the same way if you don't like this you don't like that don't do it no one's forcing you to do it we have freedom here and people should be allowed to do what they want. And if you don't want to do that, you know, you and you can say, oh, these people are stupid. These people are dumb. Either way, I don't care. Just stop forcing people through the government to do what you want. Yeah, I've done a lot of dumb things in my life. And if you think I'm dumb for mm -hmm. going out and enjoying the world, then so be it. Add it to my tab. Um, let's really switch tab. gears right now. Yeah, add it to my tab. Um, <laughs> we can really switch gears right now and talk about a sports topic because I am in a, I'll give a shout out to two of our very good friends, Brett in Georgia, Dustin in Idaho. 
they are think tankers like us and I'm in a group chat with them and I don't have my Facebook messenger up all the time, but sometimes when I open it, I will open it to 72 messages. The other day when the pack 12, yeah, it is for the best. The other day when the pack 12, um, big news came out, I had it muted and I woke up the following morning to Facebook messenger was like 110 messages. I still to this day don't know what's going on because sometimes I just don't read it because I never know what I'm going to get with you guys. So, Mark, apparently there's a conference realignment with some sports teams. I don't know. I'm ill-equipped to talk about this. This is your thing. Let's yep. let's send it. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a huge deal. Oh, yeah, well, the Pac-12 is not a conference I just anymore, didn't read y'all's messages. It's not? Well, yeah, but it's he- it was huge. No, the Pac-12 has basically disintegrated. Every team has gone somewhere else except for the teams that are left oh, behind that no. nobody wants. So you got to have Stanford oh, and Washington no. State that are like, oh, we don't really know what we're going to do. And if there is a Pac-12, it's going to be a realignment with like all these like mid-major teams in like the wax. So you like, I, it, it's crazy. So you have, you know, the the new Big Ten is definitely. I mean, th- this should matter to you because the new Big Ten is going to be the best conference in, in football, and it's not going to be close. Uh, they're going to be clearly um, better than the than the SEC if there's any question already. But it's going to be with with Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten, going along with USC and UCLA, they're going to be the super conference, the Big Ten. And a couple of them oh went boy. to the Big 12. Yeah, it, it's a big deal. And the, the Pac-12 is just not, not existing anymore. Maybe I should have read those messages. I just never know what I'm going to get when I read through those messages, and sometimes it's not great for my poor little eyes early in the morning to see all of that. I'll go back and read through them. I did not know it was that oh. bad. I really oh, it's, yeah. I thought you were just being dramatic when you were like it's not going to be a conference anymore it's like really not no, no. it is literally not going to be a conference anymore that's not dr- dramatization it is gone and there's been a lot of which i agree with there's a lot of college football people and co- not even college football it's college basketball too and there and everyone's just like this has been the the college sports is being ruined because everyone is only looking for more money and, and all the right i mean just all these rivalries generally like the whole idea of you know, Oklahoma and Texas going to the, the SEC. It's, it's nonsensical. Oregon playing the Big Ten doesn't make any sense, you know? And it's uh-uh. all these rivalries and all these things that matter. And like the West Coast had all these, you know, late games. They had this conference, which I mean, fun to watch. And everything's being destroyed by money. And my dad actually sent me a great article about like how people kind of for a long time really, you know, trashed Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's the only team in America who's like doesn't they're all they want to keep things the same. They're not they could make more money being in the conference and saying, no, we're not gonna do this. Like okay. they're they're the only people who care about the traditions of college football where everyone else is willing wow. to go somewhere else in in you know a drop bed. Oh, here's an extra hundred thousand dollars for me. I'm going. And it really wow. has destroyed college sports. And you know, you gotta kind of figure out why that is, but nobody's happy with it. I've not heard one person who thinks this is good for college football or college basketball. And at some point, too, there's not going to be a such thing as a mid-major. You're going to have, like, these— I know. That'll like the, break your the little Pac- heart. The Pac-12 is picking, going to pick up all these other, like, mid— Like, they're probably just trying to get, like, you know, Colorado State, Boise State, these teams that are probably pretty good at basketball. Because at this point, that's all the Pac-12 can be is a basketball conference. Um, that's so it's, sad. It's really, that's going to break your really little sports dis- mid-major loving heart. I mean, think about UCF. One of the, I mean, they're in the Big 12 now. Cincinnati, who we love. Cincinnati's in the Big 12 now. All these, like, top and mid-major teams are going to big conference, and it just sucks. I mean, I, I don't know what you can do about it, but it just, as a sports fan who loves college sports, there's going to be all these, like, super conferences. And not only that, there's going to be so many teams they can't even play each team every year. 
Like the SEC's already like that. The Big Twelve already like that. Tough. And then you're like, oh, you're playing less than half the team. And it's just that all these rivalries that that have made college sports so great, we're not getting anymore. It's just it's really disappointing. And so you think it's all? I was going to ask you what it's all about, but you said it's all about money. You think this is money. just a financial money. decision for the people in charge of the conferences or the universities? Like who is benefiting? Because to me. It would seem it's like if we're not getting these if we're not getting these big rivalries though, and then people aren't watching these big rivalries, then where's the money coming from? I don't I, I guess a, I just don't understand. They get a percentage and the big thing is the T V deal. So like these schools yeah. get a percentage where like the Big Twelve signs say an eight year deal with ESPN and they all split it up and they get a ton of money from that. They get like that's where they make their money more than even tickets. So it yeah. doesn't really matter. Like their ticket sales matter a little bit. Uh but of course and, and you know, Florida State is being just I hate them. Um, just an awful too. school, like always. An <laughs> awful school, like always. And they're like, "Hey, um, we if they sign this contract with the ACC, like, hey, if you don't re- if you don't change this contract, you give us more money. Uh, we're gonna probably go somewhere else." And they're mad at this contract they said because, like, we bring in we bring in so much revenue because people watch our games. Like, yeah, you also are terrible. You haven't been relevant in college football in twenty years, and you want all this yeah. money to be brought in there. And it's just, and of course, other teams, the ACC, are like, I mean, come on, you guys have been bad. You signed this contract; it was fine for you. But now they're seeing like, oh, if these other schools are doing this, like, why don't we try to like make too. threats? So okay, then I why actually, don't you just I, I like think... be good at sports? I know, I know. That's that's what I did. Maybe <laughs> like, they're relevant for years. I know. If you want to, if you want to make it, the money, like actually do good. I don't know. So that's but it seems that's like the, a joke. Me, the media media has been so down on Notre Dame for so long. It's called them selfish and all the and all these other things. And now they're like the media's like, oh, we we did a one eighty. They're the only ones who have principles who are standing by these. Because yeah. everyone else is just going after the next, the big dollar. Like Notre Dame is passing up money because they care about, they want to play their rivalry. That's the whole point. They want to pick, pick who they play and they don't want to go to another conference when they can't do that. So it actually well, is good it, for it, Notre it's Dame. interesting. I know you never see them get good press either. Everyone kind of just dislikes Notre Dame unless you're a Notre Dame fan, but it's, they deserve it. And, you know, I think college football, hopefully it's not forever ruined. One more thing. I want to make one point because I'm going to be so mad if this happens. The NCAA tournament needs to stay at 68 teams. If they make it more than 68 teams, I'm going to blow a gasket and I'm going to just, it, it, I'm going to be the worst person to deal with. And I might just quit my job here to like just boycott the NCAA for as long as I can because <laughs> just that pick would it. ruin. Just, just mark outside the NCAA offices, just pick every, it every day, every day for yes. Yeah. And just come a funny side to that. But if they do that, that would ruin the best right. sports tournament in America. And I will boycott and go nuts. Don't you do know, NCA. I will be so mad. <laughs> a lot of the times the things we say on this podcast do come true. We tend to be right about things. This is something that I hope you're not right about. I Oof. hope this doesn't happen. Me too. Um, while we're talking about sports and before we go, we got to give another shout out to the Nolansville Little League team. We talked about them last year that they made the Little League World Series. They're back again. What are they feeding those boys in Nolansville? Good for them for making Tennessee proud. I know that yes. it's at a really random. What it? Where, where did you say the little league tournament is? It's like a random, kind of middle of nowhere place. But they're headed up there, and good for these kiddos. Like good for them for getting to explore other parts of the U.S. and enjoy that. I'm I'm proud of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not. <laughs> it's in Williamsburg, Pennsylvania. It's not actually a good or Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Sorry, it's not actually a good place to go. So you're not exploring much, but but um, they get to go it, somewhere. It, like good for them. Yeah, it's been. It's basically just a town that's based on, like, 
just a little league world series just like like 100 people live there and they just have this stadium they always go to so it's good for, yeah it's great for the local economy and the 10 people live there but it's i mean it says something about a team that you know this is the third straight year Nolensville has made it mm-hmm. and there's something there because it's not like it's not like Nolensville gets all these you know like big time athletes kids or that there's a million people that live there so it's always really random who's good i remember when tom's river new jersey was good it's like this random park like next to the jersey shore uh-huh. and that it's just cool I, I think it's awesome to see these little kids doing something they want it's like it makes you it brings you back to our days you know playing sports a kid and some of the most exciting things that we've done and like how awesome oh, that yeah. was what well, we what we do is nothing compared to what these kids are doing. We're like, I'm thinking about all these like small no. things. Like these kids are making it to national television what? as eight year olds. You know? Yeah. What was your most proud sports moment, Mark? You got one. You got. You want to relive your glory days? Yeah, I don't know if it's most proud, but it's one of the most exciting. I just remember when, in eighth grade, our basketball team made the state tournament, and that was always Aww. a really cool, cool thing for us. And. Um, you know, I was I was good, but I wasn't like I mean, we had better players in the team that averaged more points. I think it was the, that game we ended up losing to like this great team in Philadelphia. But it was um, it was the only game I think all year I was our team's leading scorer. It was like I I, I really played a good game and I felt great about it. It sucks that we lost, but it was uh, I, I just remember that moment just feeling like you know everything was on the line. Like it kind of I'm guessing how like an NBA player feels in the playoffs and like yeah. these kids. I just think about where these kids are. Like this must be the most exciting thing ever and like nerve wracking. Like that, yeah. Like a ten, 11, I, I guess I don't know how old these kids are. Like twelve, I think is the max. But they're a twelve year old. Like, oh, I'm about to be on ESPN. Like, how crazy is that? That's so crazy. But good for them. They're probably going to get scholarships and all the stuff to college if they keep going on this track. So good for them. I didn't really sport as a child. <laughs> I was a dancer and a cheerleader, but I did play church league basketball. And I remember, like, when you were young playing upward basketball, they didn't keep score. But I am so competitive that I demanded score be kept and so every week i would have my dad keep score for us and whenever we lost i acted like it was the end of the world nothing much has changed no one else, i'm very no competitive no so you're the only one who no, knew it you was lost, just me. Right? <laughs> i think i yes. updates throughout the game though i'd be like dad what is the score now like how much are we down by like, what's what do going I need on to do dad here? yeah yeah i wasn't that savvy i guess as a first or second grader but i was scrappy I was running around pushing people. I got the whistle blown on me so many times. I was just pushing people. I am very competitive, and I will do what it takes to win. And sometimes we didn't win, even though I was making enemies on on and off the court. <laughs> it seems so stupid to me to play a game like that without keeping score. I just feel like I don't know what the point is. I agree. Is. And like, I want to keep score. I agree. I, like, there's things I'm really bad at. Like, I am bad at pool, and I am bad at darts. I am not going to do them. But anytime I play, I'm like, oh, I want to keep score. I'll bet you $5. Like, it's just... The, the, something new could, like comes out of me when I'm like, oh, it's it's competitive now. But like, I don't. You got to keep score of anything. And like when I'm in first grade, I don't know. Like it just feels like why am I playing if we're not keeping score? Honey, I agree. That's why I have my dad doing it. <laughs> so I mean, I totally get it. I don't understand not keeping score. But we are way off on a tangent. What we wanted to say was congratulations, Nolensville. <laughs> if we got any parents of the boys listening to this podcast right now, your boys are doing a good job and they're making the state proud. Good on them. Um, and we're cheering for them. And you could bet on the Little League World Series. So maybe we'll, we'll place sure. a bet on Nolan for the win. That feels unethical. <laughs> right. It's, no, it's, we're betting on them to win. We're, we're saying we support them. We think they're going to win. How's that? That's super ethical. I guess so. It's just their children. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That feels that feels weird. I mean, I know it's legal, but like, I don't think I could bet on a child. But we're supporting them. We're saying we That's think true. they can win. We're at like 10 blocks. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Put, <laughs> put your money where your mouth on... is. <laughs> put your money where your mouth it's is, like, Mark. If you watch Always Sunny, like watching the game where they're like betting on like fourth grade basketball players that yeah. they're like coaching. But yeah, 
We either way, betting or not, we really hope they do well. And it's always cool to see a local team doing that. And you know, these kids will remember this for the rest of their lives. Good for them. Well, with that, we'll leave it on a high note. Thank you for listening to Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. If you don't already, you should subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We will see you next week. Have an awesome weekend.